Hi, this is Amber and welcome to today's podcast. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. I'm a Reiki master teacher and a shamanic practitioner and I've been running my own healing practice since 2007. The work is focused on core wound healing work, life purpose work, sacred union sessions and one-to-one coaching and healing sessions. And the website again is sacredspacehealing.org. So welcome to today's podcast. I have a feeling this is going to be a brief one. It's a follow-on from uh, a previous podcast entitled Who Are You Giving Your Power To? And it's just a kind of part B. But um, before I go into the main body of the podcast, just to say hello to everyone and thank you to everyone who listens in. Thank you for all your lovely messages of support and your emails just sharing where you're at, you know, what's happening for you, how you stumbled across a podcast, how it's inspired you. I love hearing all of that. I love hearing your stories. It's great. It makes makes me feel how connected we all are and how small the world is. And that's really beautiful, especially in the current climate that we're in. For those of you that want to support the work, you ask me how best to do that. And there are a few ways. You can go to the website, sacredspacehealing.org. You can click on the home button and there's a drop down menu there, which has a donation button and you can donate as much or as little as you feel called to. All the money goes back into creating more content, uh, more free content, such as the podcast channel, but also meditations and the YouTube channel. And it also goes into a bursary scheme and um, a fund here that I've set up in the UK to help freelancers. So there's that. But you can also just leave a review on the YouTube channel or you can share the podcast channel with friends or people on your social media page. So whatever feels right for you. So today's podcast, I just want to extend this idea of who we give our power to. And I'm going to ask the question, who are your gods? So yesterday, I had a trip down memory lane, someone had posted something, Uh, one of my friends had posted something on a a private social media page that I have about uh, your favourite theme tunes (laughs) from the 80s. Um, Or no, I think it was just your favourite theme tunes or uh, of all time. And anyway, we ended down a rabbit hole and uh, one of the theme tunes that came up was Starsky and Hutch. Now, when I was growing up, I think Starsky and Hutch was filmed in the 70s. So I think repeats were on. Of course, repeats were on. (laughs) Repeats were on on terrestrial TV in the UK when I was growing up, when I was a kid. And I think my parents loved this programme. For those of you that haven't seen it and don't know what it is, it's 90, it's like set in 1970s America, and it's about these two detectives, Starsky and Hutch, obviously, who are like chalk and cheese. So one's blonde and a bit of a kind of um, a wide boy, you know, likes the ladies, uh, plays around a lot, and the other is dark-haired and a bit of a thinker and really serious. And they, it's it, it, by their own admission, it's quite cliche. Um, they're always in some strip joint. They're always in some lap dancing club. There is, you know, all the bad guys, all the drug dealers are usually black and usually wearing like long leather coats um and and have really cliche names so it's hysterical but it's classic tv and it's got a classic theme tune and if you haven't seen it you might want to just google it to have a look on youtube you know it's classic kind of um guys jumping over car bonnets and running down alleyways and grabbing guns and uh standing in the rain and like dripping clothes it's brilliant 
But it led me down a rabbit hole, and I ended up seeing, uh, watching a couple of interviews that Paul Michael Glazer, who was in it, did. And one of the interviews that he did was really fascinating. He talked about this idea of celebrity, and how when he was an actor starting out in New York, it was anathema to him to be a celebrity and to go to L.A. He was never going to do that because he was a serious actor. But eventually, when the calling card came and he became world famous through the show, he realised that it was a part of him that really craved celebrity and fame. And then he, once he surrendered to that, he realised, in his own words, that he'd made a deal with the devil, he'd sold his soul to the devil, and that now he was in this kind of double bind. And that what happens in, in that double bind is that the, the actor, the musician, the dancer, whoever, you know, they crave this level of attention, they crave this level of acceptance, of applause, whatever it is, love, um, so much that they're willing to do whatever it takes in order to get it. And once they get it, they realise that actually, for a lot of people, it's really hollow and that your life is no longer your own. And that can't, the, the converse side of that is that is the fan. And what the fan is seeking is to be touched by something otherworldly. So the media machine and the industry moguls build up this one individual, this actor, this dancer, singer, whoever, to be a god. They become larger than life. They are representative of all our goals and our hopes and dreams and desires and our frustrations and our passions. And everything is projected onto them. And we buy into this projection and we and we continue to elevate them. And he, I think he said something in his interview that we, we create gods in order to eat them. And so we, which I thought was, I'm paraphrasing, so do check out the interview. But I just thought that was so profound in that we elevate them in order to then devour them so that we get that autograph, or we get to touch them, or we get to have a lock of their hair, or, um, you know, we get that signed photo, and somehow we think that we've been touched by the gods. And the reason we crave this so much is because we yearn to be like the gods also. And so you can see how it's just a kind of never-ending cycle, that this yearning to be greater than, this yearning to be bigger than, this yearning to be a god puts all of us in these kind of double binds where we're buying into um, phenomena like a celebrity phenomena, but really what we're buying into is money machines. And the more we buy into this, the further removed we are from actually ever attaining that godlike status in our everyday lives, which is what we crave. And so the podcast that I previously did on Who Are You Giving Your Power To was asking this question, you know, who are you making your gods? Is it a celebrity? Is it a politician? Oh, God forbid. Um, it, you know, unless it's the right type of politician. You know, who are you giving your power to and why? And I think this this interview and this really kind of profound way in which this actor spoke about why we do this is is something worth considering. You know, it's something worth pondering for us. We have this desire to be gods. But I think that desire to be a god is innate in us because our innate nature is to be godlike. In the, in the healing work and any kind of spiritual path that you walk, you know, part of walking that path is to shed your attachments to the 3D, to the ego, to kind of to shed your desires and your lusts that are hobbling you and to elevate yourself to something that is greater than you. Because there is an aspect of all of us that is our God selves. And I talk about this in podcasts and I 
talk about it a lot in my sessions with clients is that what where we're trying to get to is where you are in alignment with your God self, with your higher self, as is, the term is sometimes used. But it's your it's your highest possible version of yourself incarnated on planet Earth at this time, and it's a tough it's a tough old ask, and it's it's a challenge to walk that to be in the world but not of the world to bring in all of that incredible energy and power and humility and passion in human form and to ground it and not be distracted and not sell our souls and not um, crave all of the mire of the physical world, um, which is here to test us but also to tantalize us and is also our playground. We're here to play and, and to enjoy this experience. So I think we all have that capability within us to attain that God self, but how we do it is the question. We, you know, and I think we've we've seen that ways of doing it so far haven't worked. If they had worked, we wouldn't have the world that we have right now. We cannot attain this this goddom, this kind of sacredness within our human forms by revering others who are also on the same path, right? So we're never going to achieve godlike status. We're never going to align with our highest selves or our most divine selves by following gurus or celebrities, or politicians, or whoever it is that we've decided to put on a pedestal because we think that they're better than us. That is never going to allow us to attain godhood because we're just feeding off someone else's energy. We're never going to attain this higher elevated status through drugs and alcohol, although that's often one of the reasons why people often indulge in drugs and alcohol, especially in the beginning when they're experimenting because it allows you to feel larger than life. It allows you to experience these altered states of consciousness which make you feel like a god. They make you feel superhuman. But that's not something that we can build upon. It's an addiction. It can often become an addiction and it becomes a dependency often. And anything that we are dependent upon makes us less of a god, really. You know, the whole idea of a god is that the god is self-fulfilling, self-fulfilling, is self-sufficient that the God is able to create its own world and its own bounty at will, that the God can create and can destroy. I think we've probably danced with what it is to destroy, and it may explain one of the reasons why man is so hell-bent on destruction, that there must come a satisfaction within destruction and within having power over the powerless that makes us feel like gods. But that's just one aspect of the God. The God or the goddess, if you look at the goddess of Kali, for example, who's often people are scared of her and she's seen as a goddess of destruction that's not really her nature but it, it's that fine point as in she'll bless you but she'll also fuck you up if you choose not to respect her like if you do wrong she'll fuck you up because you need to be disciplined but she will also bless you and bring great abundance into your life i think we've just focused on the one aspect of the god to feel like gods oh what does it feel like to have dominion over other beings? What does it feel like to have dominion over the vulnerable, over animals, over children, over women, for example? What does it feel to have dominion over the planet? You know, we've taken that to try and understand what it could be like to, to be a god, to feel like to be a god. But there's a whole other aspect of the godness that is there for us to explore. What is it like to be uh, forgiving? What is it like to be bountiful? What is it like to create, to give birth to, to nourish, to nurture? What is it like to have compassion? What is it like to love unconditionally? What is it like to be love in action? To actually go out in the world and do good in the world? I think, as I've said before in other podcasts recently, we have that choice now. We are on that precipice now. 
we can choose now what we wish to do with the times that we're in. We can't change the times that we're in. The wheel has already been set in motion. We can only alter the way we respond to the events that are happening in the world. We can respond as gods, as destroyer gods, or as creator gods, but that is our choice. Or we can choose to hand our power over to other perceived gods, politicians, celebrities, gurus, who tell us what to do. And yet again, if we do that, we get caught up in that cycle of, of Maya. I hope, I, I truly hope that we, we use this time to really align with our God selves. You know, who is your God self? What is your highest self? How can you connect to your highest self and how does your highest self walk upon this earth to be of service, to do good in the world, to create, to manifest in the world? We all have that ability and yet so many of us are disconnected from it. For me, one of the main reasons why I do this work and I hold space for others and I have carried on doing this work even when it has seemed thankless and like it's not making the slightest bit of difference, even when you get projected upon by clients, even when you get pushed and shoved around, even when you're not earning enough, even when it is exhausting, even when it takes its toll on you, right? Those are the other aspects of being a healer that people don't always know about. But one of the reasons why I persist is because I truly believe that we all have that ability to attain heaven on earth, to create it, to discover our God selves, to truly discover our magnificence and to do good in the world, that each and every one of us has that ability to discover our magnificence or to discover our, the, the, our inner destroyer. And so many of us are focused on our inner destroyer. And we, if we could just change our inner compass and take our focus of direction elsewhere, we could change the world tomorrow. We could make it an incredible place. And we could create heaven on earth. Man has free will, fortunately, unfortunately. And it means that each and every one of us has to make that choice each and every day in our lives. Uh, but if we collectively were to do that, we would be an unstoppable force. So I leave you with that question of, um, you know, who have you made your God? And is it working for you? And how can you start to realign with your God self? And if there's stuff that's in the way, if there's negative thought patterns, if there's trauma, if there's um, ways of being, habits, addictions in the way that you want help with clearing or addressing, then now is the time to do that. Seek out your coaches and your healers and your therapists. Do the inner work and, uh, and use this time to truly align with your highest potential and your highest self for your sake and for the sake of humanity. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. If you've never meditated before, if you've never created a daily practice before, check out the 21 Days to a Daily Practice, uh, a series of videos that you can follow at your own pace, which is on the YouTube channel. Check out the Inner Light Meditation that's also on the YouTube channel and is on the website. Until the next time, so it is and so it shall be.